Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 232 of the Canadian Football Countdown, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. Welcome to week 21 in the CFL. The week in football may be meaningless, but this podcast is not. We've got a lot of fun things to talk about. we got a full panel here to do so. We've got Ryan, myself, Ryan, Adam, Trey here as usual, and we've got a special guest joining us who we'll introduce in a minute or so. Uh, but first up, Adam, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm not doing too bad. We're, you know, it's Rider Nation. Uh, we're all done now. So we're all just making ice now and getting ready for the hockey season because we really ain't got nothing else. It's true. It's very true. Yeah. We'll get into all of that. Some big news out of Saskatchewan we're going to talk about here today as well. And a man who uh, I think is interested in that news as well. He's got his Riders hat on. Uh, Trey, how are you doing tonight? Fantastic, boys. And if, uh, Jeremy O'Day is watching. I'm ready to work. I, I got a clean, I have a driver's license, no DUIs. You know, I've never showed up late for work. I got, I got three whiteboards. I got plans already. We're all good guys, right? You know, uh, like I grew up Trey, close Trey, to Saskatchewan. What? The big thing I got to tell you, though, is you say you have no DUIs. I mean, it's Saskatchewan. That's pretty much a prescript almost. <laughs> <laughs> I I can get one. I, I no, mean, I can... no, don't do that. But um, yeah, no, I'm just looking forward to that. So you know, if anyone in the Saskatchewan brass head office is watching tonight, because we know they always do, I am available and a lot cheaper than Henry Burris and all those other guys. <laughs> I, I would do it for. See, I would do it for 50k, but you would have to triple that if you want me to actually wear Rough Rider gear on the sideline. I so, mean, you're wearing it for free right now. Or you, you can what? just go the Chris Jones uh, black turtleneck. In right? my head, I've told myself this isn't a Rough Riders hat. It's Adam's hat. It's different. You know oh, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, it's 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 pretend. When this show yeah, when this comes up, I am nothing like this in real life, right? This is just an act. This is a show. <laughs> this is a sham. I don't even – I'm CGI, guys. Like, when are we going to let that come out? Like, I'm not even real. I'm, you know, I'm some guy in a green suit. You're just the actor that plays Trey Colbeck. Exactly. Oh I yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, tonight we're gonna we're gonna preview Week 21 in the CFL. Take a look at some big storylines. We actually do still have some to talk about. We'll talk fantasy players to watch and try to make sense of all that nonsense for this week. Uh, and we're not gonna make betting picks because there are no betting lines available for any of the games this week. So maybe we'll pick the winners of each of them later on as well. Also, take your comments in our live chat thanks to GameTime TV, our presenting sponsor, which you can learn more about at GameTimeTV.ca. Uh, we have one comment here already from Chris, who says, uh, Here lies the Saskatchewan Rough Rider season, July 2023 to October 2023. Yeah, accurate. Uh, their season is done. Uh, a couple other notes before we uh, bring our guest in here. Uh, as always, we do want to acknowledge that the Canadian Football Countdown is brought to you from Treaty 1 Territory, traditional territory of the Anishinaabe Cree, Oja Cree, Dakota, and Dene peoples, and the homeland of the Métis Nation, as well as from Treaty 4 Territory, traditional territory of the Cree, Soto, Dakota, Lakota, Nakota, and Métis Nation. Uh, if you're looking for additional content as well as we wrap up the regular season, get into the playoffs, make sure you check out the CFC Discord community. The link to that is in the episode description. Uh, you can chat along with us there in and out of all the CFL news every week. You even get opportunities to play in CFL Fantasy Leagues occasionally with us, which is a great opportunity to introduce our guest here this evening. He's a Cats fan. He's a member of the community. He is the inaugural CFC Discord head-to-head -head fantasy league champion, 
the great Rick Boccaccio, also known as FM Fan, is here with us tonight. Rick, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too shabby. Got an interesting panel to fill some shoes in with tonight. <laughs> yes, it's going to be a fun night here as we talk through everything. Before we get into talking about the major storylines, anytime we have a guest, we kind of like to catch up with them a little bit. So we see you wearing your Tie Cats gear here tonight. You got the big Tie Cats banner behind you. So I, I think we can guess who your favorite team is, although. You know, Trey wearing a rider's hat on the panel makes it makes it hard sometimes to guess uh, whose favorite teams are whose. Uh, okay, swapping it out. There we go. Uh, How did you first get into the CFL and the Ticats? So I've been probably – I just became a season ticket season tick holder in 17, but I've been following the teams before that. And then before that, it was the big Hamilton Bulldogs going back to the Montreal affiliate back in the day it was just pretty much hockey and football that's all we had here then we had the honey badgers they didn't last very long because we're renovating the rink downtown so but yeah so then i'm just like you know what i was a tfc or um forge fc fan season take holder for a little bit i'm like you know what everything's all about football in this town let's just go throw money down and become a tie cat season take holder and the rest is history Especially when you only live 15 minutes away from the stadium. That is very nice. That is a very nice commute there as well. Uh, there is a somebody in the chat is asking if we can get the uh, the Oski Wee Wee chant. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know about that one. Probably in the third quarter uh, this weekend, maybe <laughs> at least. Oh, I mean, probably. Well, quite possible. What else do you have to do during a meaningless football game, right? So, uh, you know, we mentioned that you are the the Fantasy League champion. Uh, incredible run for your first place in the regular season. Uh, I believe you knocked off uh, all four members of the podcast as well. I, I think you may have gone undefeated against us, so credit to you on that. Uh, and obviously win the championship uh, there as well. We're going to get into Fantasy later on in the show, and we're going to get... Uh, you know, your takes for this week then, but is there any major overall strategy you feel uh, led you to the to the victory this year? Um, so if the one thing that I will say without giving players away, I kind of go back and forth between one week, my captain's the running back, another week it's the quarterback. It all depends on who's playing who that week. But I've, you guys don't I've, just click random buttons like I do. No, so oh, I've okay. actually so I've only had one. My the first week of the season was the only week that I had Tim White as my captain. Other than that, I've never had a wide receiver as a captain, especially when you have Oliveira who gets you two rushing touchdowns and very little yards. <laughs> I feel like I went with quarterback as my captain most times as well just for the guaranteed volume right like it kind of sucks if you get a wide receiver who gets two targets and then that's that's your captain i don't know did you guys differ on that as well adam and trey yeah no i know i picked a few times wide receiver but not very often it was yeah it was mostly i thought for a while there it was very smart to pick the uh, quarterback but uh yeah i mean i was losing so bad most times it didn't really matter trey? Yeah, i don't i don't think i did anyone ever than a quarterback or running back Tempted to do defense one week, but and then I said screw it. They don't let you though. Oh, they don't. And then, well, no. come on. Probably for good reason. They're they're trying to help you. 
Or you just if the point scoring was the same like it is in the NFL where they count a lot more things, you know, I got 20 points with the defense before, so 40 points wouldn't be bad. But CFL. And Ryan, or just, you just picked whichever uh, player was going to get negatives that time, right? <laughs> yes, that was my exact strategy, which is why I didn't make the playoffs in our Discord league. But uh, it's good enough to win the, the Podcast Network Fantasy League, so I'll take it. Um, final question before we get into the storylines as well. I mean, uh, we talked about being a Cats fan so far. They did squeeze in, in third place into the East Division playoffs there. Uh, I know it's been a bit of an up-and-down season. We've gotten some of your thoughts in the Discord community. Uh, but share with everyone, what do you think of, of the Ticats season and uh, where we're at here for them? Well, realistically, if you want me to be honest, Ticats season actually started the week before Labor Day when Tommy Condell kind of got kicked to the curb. And we have Milanovic. Um, if Mitchell... If Mitchell was healthy like i don't understand why why we're paying him a hundred or five hundred and fifty thousand to sit on the bench i mean we had a rookie lead us to playoffs so to be to be honest which when we get to the awards later you'd be surprised of who i have one of two players for my outstanding rookie and it may be who you think it is it may not Ooh, a little teaser. Uh, we'll get into that here as well. Well, let's get into those major storylines. I think it's a good time to do that. Um, Adam, we're going to go to you first uh, for our first storyline here, because I think you probably have the most to say on this. Uh, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders have officially announced that uh, head coach Craig Dickinson's contract will not be renewed after the season. And uh, but GM uh, Jeremy O'Day is getting a three-year contract extension, I believe. Uh, what do you think? Well, you know what? I had to think about it before I actually spoke because I know Mike was trying the old interview uh, right away and trying to hit me hard and make me say something silly, uh, which probably I did anyways at first because honestly, I wanted O'Day, I wanted Dickinson, and I wanted Reynolds gone. Uh, there was no emotion in this team. Uh, even the game against Toronto, I mean, you could just feel that it wasn't that nothing was really going to work well. The defensive secondary has been just, just gosh awful this year. Um, and yet, you know what? After you think about it here, though, you look at guys like Sam Emelis and you look at guys like Sean Bain Jr. And uh, you look at guys even like Keon Schaefer Baker, and you realize that Jeremy O'Day really has brought in a very good receiving core into the Saskatchewan football team. The signings that he made this year in free agency, Jake Weineke, uh, Jawan Breskison, those guys there are actually just depth players now, really, compared to what we've got going on. So he's done well in the receiving quarter side of things. For a while there, he was doing very well in the defensive secondary. I mean, I think the injuries to uh, Roland Milligan uh, really hurt the Rough Riders there and then put players in positions they weren't really comfortable with. Uh, overall, Jeremy O'Day has done a reasonably decent job in Saskatchewan. Uh, has he done 100% and done exactly what he needs to do? Yeah, I'm sure he might be still out because, I mean, last year, you know, our biggest issue in Saskatchewan was the offensive line. It's been patched a little bit this year, but it wasn't fixed. Uh, it was blown open pretty quickly after a little while. Same thing with the defensive line, which was supposed to be one of our strengths. So, I, I'm not surprised one bit whatsoever that Dickinson's gone. you got to change something. 
he tried his best. He's had some good seasons in Saskatchewan. He's got it had to move on from the from the uh, from what the changes uh, needed to be done. But as for Jeremy O'Day, okay, fair enough, I get it. And it's very tough to get rid of a uh, general manager after one year. But I'll tell you right now, if this doesn't work, if Jeremy O'Day gets the coaches that he wants out there and the coaches that he figures will work well with his team, and it doesn't work, both Jeremy O'Day and Craig Dick uh, Reynolds will be down the road, and I would think sooner than later if the uh, situation doesn't work right. Uh, Trey, as you're interviewing for the job, what's your uh, what's your opinions on uh, Dickinson's departure? It's great that you ask him for his interviewing on the job while he's sitting, leaning back, eating a snack. Well, I mean, Bob, when I was ready for a show when Adam starts talking about the riders, man, you know. Hey, but, um, why do you think I'm wearing all black tonight? I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I think I, I was a little surprised that they re-signed the GM. That was the job I really wanted, you know, but you got to start somewhere, I guess. Um, look at Mike McDaniels. Was he a ball boy for the Denver Broncos? And now he's the head coach of one of the best teams in the NFL. But, um yeah, I was kind of surprised with that. I kind of agree with you. I think it needed to be a complete overhaul. But I think this this got to be O'Day's last shot, right? You know, so we'll see. And um, yeah, whoever does come in there, if it's me or someone else, good luck because you got a lot to lot to fix. But I mean, plus side the CFL, you can fix the team in a year or two if you have the ability and the and the and the general manager with the ability to do it. Right? Has O'Day been that? Not lately. So we'll see. See, I disagree a little bit. I think it was the right move to bring O'Day back because I think, Adam, you mentioned some of those names. He's brought in some great talent. He's done a good job of drafting a lot of good Canadian talent lately. It's unfortunate most of the big pieces they brought in this offseason ended up with injuries that cost them most of the year. Uh, But I think he did get a lot of good pieces in place. And also, I think Craig Dickinson just failed to put the chemistry together to make it work on the field. yeah, part of that is on the general manager for voicing confidence in Dickinson for another season when maybe they shouldn't have, but he was also kind of tied up by the coach's cap. So I think it's right to give him another chance with another coach. He's going to bring in a coach. He's going to bring in uh, – He, I think he's mentioned already the coach is going to get his chance to uh, pick his own coaching staff, which was a big thing you wanted, Adam. So I, I think this is the right move that the riders are making here. Uh, Rick, what do you think on the whole situation? So, so Adam, I do have a quick question for you since you're a rider fan. Was Winicky really injured or did they just keep him as a healthy scratch? Because if that's the case, for the amount of money that they're paying Jake Winicky, I, I wouldn't even brought Jay O'Day back because it just proves him that he doesn't know how to spend money and sign someone that, you know, that was a healthy scratch for the last what, nine, ten weeks? Yeah, so the thing with Jake uh, Wanneke and uh, also probably you also would throw in there uh, uh, Juwan Breskison as well because, I mean, they, they spent good money on him as well as Darrell Walker. Uh, Darrell Walker, they got rid of that contract really quickly. I think they were worried that their young players weren't going to develop this quick yet. Uh, like, John, Sean Bain Jr. came out of nowhere this year. Almost the same thing with Sam Emless. I mean, both of those guys there uh, really weren't going to be kind of thought of to be stepped in immediately to a role in Saskatchewan uh, and into a real starting uh, role like they have been. Uh, even to a certain extent, Kevin Jones made a guy like Jake Weineke uh, expendable. Uh, so that being said, I don't expect to see Jake Weineke back here next year. I'm sure they're going to release no. him for this contract. 
Uh, same thing also, even probably Jawan Breskison. It sucks because, I mean, he moved back to Saskatchewan. He's got a, his wife is a teacher. Uh, it sucks. But to me, like I said, it's part of the business. I mean, Saskatchewan had the cap room. If you weren't sure on your uh, on your receivers, it's always good to have a little bit of extra depth. Uh, those guys helped a little bit this year, but they weren't big pieces of what was going on. And when you look now at Saskatchewan, your top receivers, again, two Canadians that are very good. You are going to have Keon Schaefer-Baker, who didn't have a good training camp and only started halfway through the season, which is critical in the CFL to have a good training camp. Uh, so you get Keon Schaefer-Baker back. Hopefully, Braden Lenius can stay healthy next year, uh, especially with all the injuries he's had. I mean, uh, what was this one here? Uh, liver laceration or something or rather, I think was the last one. Sounds it, painful. It, yeah, whatever it was, it wasn't one that I want to recover from. So, uh, like I said, you're going to get some of those guys back now from injury, uh, as well as also Philip Blake wasn't playing at 100%. You just see it. Uh, a few other guys also that were probably banged up by the end of the year. Uh, and like, again, I said before, Roland Mulligan Jr., I think he's going to be a great uh, secondary guy, but you got to have him out there. So, like I said before, the Riders have some pieces in there. Uh, I don't criticize O'Day for signing a guy like Jake Weineke, especially when you had Trevor Harris there because there was such chemistry. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I get what you mean. I mean, it's expensive what they gave him, but you got to remember also that in this case, he's sitting on the bench and he's there as your backup for a little bit, and I don't expect to see him back next year. Quickly around the table here, should we go? Because uh, I know they've talked a little bit about potential candidates. Henry Burris potentially being in the mix. Kerry Joseph potentially being in the mix. I know there's conflicting the reports on who is and who isn't. And uh, what name, Who who who's the guy you would like to have there the most? Adam, you're the Riders fan, so let's start with you. Well, I threw it out in the X there the other day, and uh, I went with three names. Uh, first one was actually not anybody that's been listed yet. Uh, Mark Mueller, I really like what he did, uh, does in Calgary. He's been all over the place in different positions. And you got to remember, the part about a head coach is your job is to make sure your offensive, defensive coordinator, and special teams coordinator are doing what they need to do, and you're there to motivate and inspire that team to make sure that they do the best that they can, uh, is what I always think of a head coach. So I didn't go with guys with a lot of experience, but I went with guys that have a lot of heart and a lot of energy in their game. Uh, one that you should be familiar with, Rick. I mean, I, I said Henry Burris would make a great head coach in the CFL. I still believe that. And I really would love to see Smile and Hank in Saskatchewan. Also, I would love to see what happens when the Riders get a two and out if we start a Henry chat. That would be pretty funny. But nevertheless, uh, another one that's been talked about a little bit here is Kerry Joseph. Uh, he has been working in the NFL uh, as an assistant, I can't remember who it's for. If it was Tennessee, I think I read. Uh, so he'd be an interesting one to be bringing in. Or was it Seattle? I can't remember. I'm sorry. But uh, the guys played both sides of the ball when he played in the uh, CFL. He would make a great guy to uh, see what he could do uh, over as a head coach as well. Um, now, I just wanted to bring it up here, though. When you hear guys saying, this is the leading candidate, and this is the guy that's going to get hired, and this guy's going to be working out. The riders have this guy in the front right now. They don't have anybody in front right now before they start interviewing. All the riders are doing right now is literally talking to people, if it's Henry Burris, if it's Kerry Joseph, or if they're going to get permission to talk to Buck Pierce, whoever else they're maybe thinking about talking. All they're trying to do right now is give guys an opportunity to say, hey, we'd like to interview you for the job. 
get your stuff ready and let's go and interview you when we're ready. They're not picking somebody tomorrow. So whichever media is going on that, Henry Burris said is the best. Shove it and uh, move on from there. I wonder who you're talking about. Uh, uh, I'm talking to a few media corps in Saskatchewan right. in this case. That's fair. That's fair. Look, I here's mean, what's going to happen. Up. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to interview 10 different guys. None of them are going to want the job, and then they're going to reluctantly promote Kelly Jeffrey once again now for the head coach position. That's what's going <laughs> to happen there. Uh, that's my take on it. Uh, I, I would Rick? pay to see that, to be honest. So, Okay, so before I give my my two answers, I'm just curious. Is this kind of like an NHL thing where, like, if teams are understaffed by other teams, you can go and name them as your head coach or no? So if guys are under contract with another team, they have to have permission from that team uh, before they can allow to be interviewed. Uh, okay. If they're running out of a contract and they're out of the playoffs, you can interview them. But if their contract's running out. So, for example, if the Riders want to, wanted to interview – Buck Pierce for the job for the OC or for the head coach. Uh, they can't right now that I know of. Uh, they used to, do, there used to be a rule in the CFL that you used to be able to go and if you're promoting the guy, you can interview him. But now it's, you got to get permission from the other team before. And especially if they're still on a playoff run. Okay. So my two choices are one is from the Ticats and it's our um, senior assistant coach, Scott Milanovic. Love it. Then the other one, which I know Argo fans are going to hate me for saying this, but he, I believe he deserves a head coaching job elsewhere, and that is Mr. Corey Mace. Ooh. Good pick. I, like I, I was thinking of a different uh, Toronto Argonaut guy that you were going to maybe bring up, but uh, yeah, no, Corey Mace would be okay. I, I'll tell you right now, though, any guy that's a defensive uh, side of the football, I think I'll have a little more trouble getting the job in Saskatchewan this time. Just, just by the way the team is. But Corey Mason make a good head coach. You're right. Yeah, no turn. great choices. Uh, Trey, uh, what, <laughs> make, make your sales pitch here. Well, you know, <clears throat> guys, it's simple. Five Super Bowls in the last six seasons on my Madden franchise, okay? Simple. Simple. And two of those were with Chris Streveler as my quarterback, so keep that in mind. Um, so that, that's, that's all I need. And I've watched Remember the Titans like a thousand times. I mean, like, I it, I know every play. It's flea flickers and, and bus. I know how to do the dance. And, uh, oh, you know who I just came up who would actually be good? Oh, maybe would be a good coach. I got to get Coach Phil on my coaching staff, right? Because he does social media too. It's a two-for-one deal, and he can do reaction <laughs> videos, and it's perfect, right? So he, listen here, Saskatchewan. If this was a vote, I'm the obvious choice, okay? Like, I don't care who you vote for provincial election, federal election, doesn't matter. You vote for Coach Trey, I will bring great cups to your city, more than you already have. I'll tell you that. I'll be honest, what, what, probably and the right now, people, How many wins they have this year? Six? Five? Six? 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 Oh, you're kidding me? You're telling me I can't get seven wins just sitting there with a headset on, doing nothing? Yeah, okay. Okay. Uh, All right, my answer is true. In Saskatchewan right now, this is way more important than the provincial election. They don't care about who wins the provincial election. (laughs) Who gets the head coaching job in Saskatchewan? That's all that matters. That guy's got more power than the premier. As long as as you give me a solid headset budget, because you know I'm going to throw them every play, then I'm fine. I think we got some money left over from Jason Moss, so we should be okay. I'll bring more than him. 
Mm-hmm. One other thing, now on Madden 24, Nathan Rourke is in the game, so you might as well bring him back to the CFL too. You know, think about him. <laughs> I'll take ben, him you- over. I'll take him over Kolarov. That's definitely sure. Um, ben, so ben, you'll- Nathan Rourke is backup or what? <laughs> my, my, my first call would be to Strevy. I'd be like, listen here, kid. You got your NFL money. You know, I, I need a guy. I need a guy. And then my second choice would probably be Gainer the Gopher. You you see him running around. He got stamina if he can run in that suit all day for like six hours. He's got stamina. He's got upper body strength. And he gets his little golf cart. It's perfect. And then I might call Rourke. And then after that, ooh, I'm, I'll send five first-round draft picks for Drew Brown. That's my plan. <laughs> Sound more like a general manager than the coach. Oh, I guess I might... forgot the coach. See, I'm just too used to being the uh, the Bill Belichick. I have to do it all. You know what I mean? I got to do it all and set, you know, but yeah, there you go. Well, my vote is my vote is for Trey. Uh, but if uh, that's not a valid selection, I, I like the Scott Milanovic pick, but I also do want Henry Burris I heard to come it. in and take a team and uh, go and say he's uh, turning around another franchise. I think that would be fun as I, well. I, I honestly am all here for just the Henry chance after the two and outs. Well, we'll continue, I'm sure, to talk about the ever-evolving Riders uh, head coaching search over the next couple of weeks as we get through the playoffs. But let's get into, uh, I'm going to combine our next two topics we have here a little bit. And we're going to get into talking about the uh, the team award nominees are out for each of the teams here, uh, which means we are, uh, we kind of have the finalists uh, or the options to choose from for the East and West finalists for each of the league's major awards. Uh, so I figured, you know what, we'll go through them all here together. Uh, one person can start. I'll designate one person to start, give their East and West pick. And then I I feel like there's probably going to be some overlap. So if anybody disagrees, uh, we can talk through those other options as well, but let's start with one that I think is going to be a very interesting race. And that is most outstanding Canadian, because this has been a great year for the Canadians in the CFL. Uh, the nominees you've got out West are Matthew Betts, who just set a single season sack record in the CFL amongst Canadians with 18 sacks, beat up Brent Johnson and Jabal Westerman. You got Trey Ford, who only played half a season, but is the Elks nominee, uh, for most outstanding Canadian Cam judge for the stamps has really turned it on the last couple of weeks. Sam Emelis, a thousand yard season for the riders. Brady Oliveira, uh, he's just shy of 1,500 yards uh, rushing on the season there. So those are your five options out west. Uh, out east, we've got Stavros Katsantonis uh, for the Ticats. We have safety there. Royce Mechie uh, for the uh, Argos uh, defensive back there. Cleon Lang on the D-line for Ottawa. And uh, Marc-Antoine Decroix. Uh, for the Alouettes. So interesting. All the East nominees on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Rick, let's go to you first on this one. Most outstanding Canadian. Uh, West and East nominees, what are you thinking here? So, I already know who I'm going with my East. As Ryan can already tell by the jersey, and I don't need to mention names, but my East will be Catchatonis. My West leading the running backs is Mr. Brady Oliveira. What does everybody else think? Uh, Adam, were, are you in agreement with both of these? Or? Well, I'm in agreement with Catchatonis. I really did like his season this year. Uh, really helped the Ticats out quite a bit. But uh, 
I'm going to go actually off the board a little bit on the West, and no, I'm not picking the Rough Rider. I know I'd love to pick Sam Emelis, but I can't. Uh, I'm going to go with Matthew Betts because if BC doesn't get all that sack and all that pressure from Matthew Betts, yes, he had a little bit of a slow middle part of the season. Uh, he's turning it on at the right time here for the BC Lions. Uh, he got a couple sacks here the last game against the Stampeders. Uh, I'm liking it. I think that uh, Matthew Betts should be the most outstanding Canadian over in the West. Although I know he won't be. Trey, who's it going to be? Um. Well, y'all are all wrong. The East one's going to be Chad Kelly. Like, come on. We're talking Canadian. Oh, Canadian? I did not yeah. listen to what we said. I'm on the wrong list. Okay. <laughs> he can drink all the maple syrup he wants. You know what? I'll still give it to Chad Kelly. At this point, he, he can be an honorary. Um, Ryan, when do you ever figure out I don't listen? Like, you need to put this in print for me, man. Um, Canadian. Oh, crap. I was looking at the wrong list. I don't even know any of these guys. Okay. Wes, Brady Oliveira, and the East... Come on, Trey. That one-handed interception by Cachetonis, that that's oh, got to be a good hard sell for you. I can do that in my sleep, kid. Oh, yeah, whatever. I'll take the, Ham- I'll take the Hamilton guy since we got the um, – yeah. It's really tough out west. I got to go with Oliveira myself. I mean, he's, he's got putting up one of the best running back performances of a Canadian of all time. Although Betts uh, has – made it interesting i feel like he went real quiet for a good chunk of the season where Oliveira's had one bad game maybe two on the year I-, I gotta give it to brady for that one and in the east i can disagree with you all just for fun i'm gonna go with mark antoine de uh i feel like a defense back I-, I feel like anytime i watch an alouette's game he's making some big play back there so i, I think he's it's a good choice there at defensive back uh Trey, which list would you like to go to next so we're all on the same page? Um, what position do you want to talk about? Uh, let's let's go old line. We'll go old line. The big the big boys. Um, the West. I, I gosh. Or do you want to go through the names first, guys? Right, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll go, go through the names, the names yeah. here for you. Uh, out West, uh, BC's Darrell Broxton, Edmonton's Martez Ivy. Uh, Calgary, Sean McEwen, Saskatchewan, Logan Furlan, Winnipeg, Jamarcus Hardrick. The Stanley Bryant will not win the award this year after I feel like he's been a winner for many years in a row. Uh, out east, it's Brandon Revenberg for the Ticats, Dijon Allen for the Argos, Jacob Ruby for the Red Blacks, and Pierre Olivier Oestage. I probably mispronounced the name uh, for the Alouettes. Uh, so back to you, Trey. Uh, what are your east and west choices? I'll take Toronto's in the East, uh, Dijon Allen. Um, just that O line in general has, you know, obviously given holes for Olette and provided time for Kelly. The West, I have a tough one. I've not, you know, you would think I'm going to go with the Homer pick because, you know, but I have not been impressed with the O line in Winnipeg. And I think that maybe speaks volumes to why Stanley Bryan isn't getting it for once. So, I don't know, but they all kind of suck, don't they? Because I can't give it to Saskatchewan's, can I, Adam? Calgary's, I can't really give it Edmonton because they make Trey Ford have to run for the first down all the time. Is that a valid argument? I don't know. I guess I'll go with BC's. Daryl Bronxton. Adam, what do you think? I'm going to go with Jamarcus Hardrick and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers because, I mean, they've been pushing holes open for Brady Oliveira all season long. I mean, Oliveira does find a lot of holes, too. But uh, Jamarcus Hardrick has been playing really good for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers on an offensive line that's getting a little older. So 
I thought he had actually a pretty good season. Um, I am going to go with Jacob Ruby from the Toronto Argonauts. Uh, same reasons, kind of, because uh, you look at the two running teams in this league. Uh, Jacob it, Ruby it, is on the Ottawa Red Blacks, just to clarify. Are you talking about Dijon Allen from the Argos? Dijon Allen, my bad. Okay. Yeah, my apologies. Uh, Dijon Allen has also had a really good season. Uh, again, the the holes of the uh, running backs are getting through. Uh, AJ Olette's having a good game, and I know Allen's a big part of that. Uh, so, yeah, no, both of them uh, are my picks there. So, Hardrick and Allen. What about you, Rick? So, um, I'm going to go with, uh, for my West, it's going to be Gerald Broxton, only because if you look at BC's numbers, Taquan Mizell was a rookie, I believe he was a 30-year-old rookie, if I'm not mistaken, this year. And he still had, what, 773 rushing yards in 14 games. Like, I mean, if you're going to have, like, a no-name person come in once James Butler leaves, I mean, you got to give their offensive line some type of credit to have him in 700. Um, My other one, I'm going back to my – I'm not going to do this for all the picks, but considering that Brandon Revenberg has – in six years, he's only missed three games in all of six years. That's – and let me tell you, offensive line is not easy, as some of us can see. So I will use it on Brendan Revenberg. Yeah, that's fair, especially when, you know, the other members of that offensive line seem like they're injured all the time. So it's impressive to, to last that long. For me, I think I'm agreeing here uh, with uh, – Trey and Adam, I'm going with Dijon Allen for the Argos. The Argos have allowed 17 sacks on the season through 17 games. I believe Calgary last year only let up 17, which seemed crazy. Next best in the CFL is Calgary and Winnipeg with 32. They've given up 15 less sacks. Their best offensive line in the league. You got to go with their nominee, in my opinion. Uh, and I mentioned Calgary and Winnipeg are next best in the league. I, I got to go with Winnipeg for exactly the running holes uh, mentioned that somebody had there that, you know, Calgary hasn't gotten the run game going very well. Winnipeg has and the, and the big offensive line is a big part of that. So I will give it to Jamarcus Hardrick there out West as well. Um, Adam, what category do you want to go to here next? You know, why don't we do the rookie of the year? I think that would be a pretty good one. All right, let's go to Rookie of the Year here. Uh, some tough choices, I feel like, for some of these teams here. BC, it's uh, Ryder Varga, Edmonton, Kai Gray, Calgary, Clark Barnes, uh, who I feel like has been injured most of the season. Uh, Saskatchewan, it's Adam Corsak, punter. I believe Corsak's the punter, correct, Adam? Uh, same thing, punter J- Jamison Sheehan for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, out east, it, I think it's more of a heavyweight matchup. Taylor Powell for the Ticats, Quantez Stiggers for the Argos, Dustin Crum for the Red Blacks, and Reggie Stubblefield for the Alouettes. Uh, Adam, you chose the topic, so what are you thinking? Well, for the East nominee, I think I've got to go with Taylor Powell. He went and he got his team back into the playoff conversation and ended up getting him into a playoff spot, uh, so giving him that home team opportunity to be in the uh, big game uh, this year in Hamilton. So give me Taylor Powell on the west side. I got to pick Adam Korzak. The guy there was just nonstop booting them for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders this year. 
And I mean, considering he probably had to do it like what a million times every game because we couldn't get the ball moving. I, I honestly thought that he had a heck of a uh, leg on him. Uh, he's an international, I guess, uh, which again, you need that one global player, I suppose. And uh, he's a big piece of why the Rough Riders, well, at least had some y- good yardage to start plays uh, when he was booting them all uh, the other opposition teams deep. Now, if they can stop him the next year, that might help a little bit. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Adam Korzak and uh, Taylor Powell. Uh, uh, just, just to uh, answer a question in the chat here, Austin Mack is not eligible for Rookie of the Year. Uh, I think it's based on the time he played in the NFL uh, or bounced around NFL rosters. So he is not eligible. Otherwise, he'd win it by a landslide there. Uh, Rick, what about you for Rookie of the Year? Which ones are you thinking? Okay, so I'm, again, like, I'm going to go with Adam as, as much as I don't like to pick Saskatchewan players. I'm going to pick Kozak for this one because, I mean, like you said, he was running around with his head cut off like a chicken. Um, especially when they did a lot of two and outs. And it's like, one, two plays, and then Kozak's back on there. My E. So I'm down to two players, and I, I'm i down to Powell and Stigger. So basically, when Peters went down, Stigger stepped in. And with how well Toronto's defense has done this year, is as much as I hate to say this, Ticat fans, I'm going with Kwanzaa. Quantez Stiggers for outstanding rookie on Toronto's defense. I, I'm going with I'm going with the same as Rick on, on both of those there as well. I, I Stiggers was my favorite choice out of them all. I think he's really stepped up in that defensive backfield for the Argos and out west. I, I really have a tough time picking one over the other, and I, I think Korzak's done a good job of punting there and. As fun as it is watching Jamison Sheehan and his, his Aussie punting style, uh, I'll, I'll give it to Korzak. Uh, Trey, uh, any any other names you got here? Yeah, see, because because I, I have a I have a problem with something Adam kind of said about pushing him into the playoffs. Does pushing him into the playoffs like what's the difference between outstanding and valuable? Right? Like, there's this argument in every sport. What's the difference? Between, what's the criteria? So I'm gonna go. I think Dustin Crum is more outstanding than Taylor Powell. If I had an expansion team, if I was the Atlantic Schooners right now and those guys were available, I think I would lean towards Dustin Crum, and that kind of makes me lean that way for um, outstanding anyway. Ah, the West. Like, two kickers, that's all we can do? Like, you know, that's the best the West has for rookies right now? I will just sweep it, and we'll all go with the Saskatchewan kicker. That's my favorite thing to see is Saskatchewan punting, so. So I I do have a quick question. I would like to know who picked K Gray. I thought Trey Ford would be a better rookie. I who don't think he's a rookie since he started two games last season. Oh, yeah. okay, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. It was tough pickings for a lot of these teams this year. I feel like we had a lot of more veteran teams. Like normally, like we have some big names, rookie of the year, clear runaways. Uh, I feel like maybe due to injuries this year as well, we didn't get those. Uh, quite as much, uh, where they're just all stacked up on the same team. Like, I feel like Montreal was basically all rookies at receiver and probably had a number of options they could have gone with there, but Stubblefield played pretty good, also. Let's go to defensive player. I think we've got, oh, we got defensive player, special teams player, and outstanding player. Uh, left to go. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball here next. 
Uh, the aforementioned Matthew Betts is the Lions nominee. That makes sense. Jake Serezna for the Elks. Micah Awe for the Stampeders. The Riders pick Larry Dean uh, and Willie Jefferson for the Bombers. Uh, over in the East, uh, Simone Lawrence, the Ticats nominee. Adarius Pickett for the Argos. Bryce Carter for the uh, Red Blacks and Tyrese Beverett for the Alouettes. Uh, I'll go first this time around. I got to give it out west to Matthew Betts. I mean, all of these guys have, have appeared or not throughout the season. If you set a Canadian record, I feel like you deserve the, the award. Like, he was a force to be reckoned with on that defensive line. I'm going with Betts there. Out east, the first name that jumps out the most to me here is probably Tyrese Beverett because that, that Montreal defense, again, not playing at Toronto, BC, or... Uh, Winnipeg has just been dominant almost all season long. And I think he's been a huge piece of that there uh, and, and stepped up big time there for Montreal. So those are the two guys I'm going with. Uh, Trey, let's go back to you. Well, in the West, I'll go with, yeah, Matthew Betts, like you pretty much mirroring everything you said. The East, I'll go with Toronto's Adarius Pickett, uh, second in tackles. Uh, where am I? Yeah, second in defensive tackles this year. I just like everything that the, uh, that Toronto defense has done. Um, Adam, what about you, man? Well, I think this one should be a team award in the East. I mean, if it wasn't a Darius Pickett, I mean, whoever picked uh, Pickett over Whitten McManus, I mean, either one of them was a great pick. I mean, Darius Pickett uh, is a good one as well. And uh, to me, he's East nominee. I'm going to go off the board a little bit on the West also and go with Jake Theresna. Uh, outstanding player has always is the one that seems to get the pressure on for the Edmonton Elks. I know that Matthew Betts had the big award for uh, most uh, sacks in a season for a Canadian, but my thing is this: Jake Theresna is on a one-man team that just doesn't have much help otherwise, and Theresna gets uh, cutting open. I think he's more outstanding. Uh, give me Theresna. Very fair, very fair, uh, Rick. What about you to round it out? So if we're not going to go based on sacks alone, I'm going to go and trace Lando the field. And no, I'm not going with Pickett. I'm going to go with the banjo playing man himself, Willie Jefferson. Because, I mean, if it wasn't for him and Jeffcoat, Winnipeg, I don't think they're on, their defensive line is as powerful as it can be without the two-headed monster. And the... East, I'm going to go with a Darius Pickett because, like you guys said, Toronto's defense is just too strong this year. I mean, once playoffs come, whoever wins becomes the hot team is going to win it all. But up to the playoffs, it's going to be Pickett. Can I pick a Bowen? I have a problem. I don't I don't think Willie Jefferson should have got the, got the nod for the Blue Bombers. I just feel like this defensive line has been so underwhelming this year. And yeah, he's kind of up there in sacks, but I mean, I don't know. I would have went with uh, Houston over over him with the picks. I think the picks were more valuable this year if we're looking at it that way, but that's all. Yeah, I would. Uh, I was thinking that as well with an outside nominee and uh, maybe he's not a rookie. I thought he was a rookie, uh, but Evan Holm for the Bombers in the defensive backfield, I feel like has been involved in almost every play maybe that means teams are targeting him but i feel like he stepped up big time in a lot of situations there or i'll so, say i'll say big hill too while we're at it he doesn't have the stats but we all saw that hit right and he just always has his motor running and i think that hit alone on that second and goal just deserves everything that was a thing yeah, of beauty. No, 
I'm going to go with Ryan, though. I think if it was going to be anybody in Winnipeg's side, I would have went with Demario Houston. I mean, the guy was picking off balls and just a ball hawk and all, all times. Uh, who, what's I don't, Again, who does this? The Which reporters, are? I think. Reporters? Yeah. Ballsy must have voted for probably Willie Jefferson because he didn't know another name. Anyways, moving on to the next category, uh, most outstanding special teams player. Uh, give some love to the special team guys here. Uh, Sean White, kicker for the Lions, is uh, the BC nominee. Scott Hutter for the Elks. Rene Paradis for Calgary. Uh, another nominee for Adam Korzak for the Riders. Uh, Sergio Castillo gets the nominee for Winnipeg. You have to think Janarian Grant would have gotten it if he played the full season, but uh, Castillo's been pretty good there too. Uh, Tyreek McAllister for the Ticats, Javon Leak for the Argos, Brandon Dandridge for the Red Blacks, and uh, Joseph Zima uh, for the Alouettes. Uh, who have we gone to first here in a little while? Rick, let's go to you. Okay, so before I give out my picks, Adam, I'm going to say move over Mario because there's new a new man in town, and his name is called Javon Leak. So... I noticed that Mario was not listed on the special teams, but Javon Leak is going to be my East player of for special teams, and my West is going to go for Renee for the kicker for Calgary, because if it wasn't for him, Calgary would not have won as many games as they did. That's that's very fair. That is a fair argument on that one as well. I'll go next this time around. I am also going Javon League. I think it's an absolute lock. I think he is the best kick returner in the CFL. Uh, and it's just exciting to see every single time. It probably really doesn't matter who the West nominee is, but I got to give it to Sean White simply because he has made 94% of his field goals this season. He's made 50 of 53 of them. Next best in the league is Paradis at 87%. So uh, he's quite a bit above the field there. But I do like that argument on uh, Paradis, you know, just willing them into the playoffs when the offense is stalled there for Calgary. Uh, Trey, what about you? Yeah, for the East, I'll go with Javon Leak. I think it's a slam dunk. I'd be surprised if it's anyone else. For the West, ah. You know what's the most outstanding thing is that Morocco music every time Sergio Castillo makes a field goal. So I'm going to go with Castillo because I actually, you know what, and may this be biased, I thought he was going to go 0 for 40 this year, and I thought Legio was the guy. And I think uh, we'll just go with him because, let's be real, the Bombers will probably rope in a few uh, most. Oh, I was going to swear. Oh, my gosh. I'm so tired. Uh, <laughs> a few. <laughs> we'll, we'll rope in most of the votes because of just, you know, stuff. So, But I, I do like... Oh, man, it's tough to pick because because making field goals is so tough because you have more field goal opportunities because your team sucks, right? So it's kind of hard to go off of who makes the most or does the most because you don't want to be doing that, right? But uh, I could see anyone in the West really making it. Adam? You know, in the East, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. It's Javon League uh, for the Argos. But I do want to give a hat tip over to Tyreek McAllister, He's had a good season, and, you know, every time he gets the football, you're always looking at him and thinking he's going to bust this one. And that's pretty much what you always got to expect out of your returners. Uh, Mario Alford, you were mentioning earlier, Rick, he didn't have that kind of season this year, except against Calgary once. Otherwise, really, he's been a pretty quiet guy this year. Uh, that being said, no, it's still going to be Javon Lee for me, uh, without question. That guy there, anytime he touches a football, magic happens. So... 
I'm going to go with him. And uh, over in the West, I'm going to go with Rene Paredes as well because he is the guy that's making sure that I'm going to go and uh, take Trey and put him back into fourth place in our private fantasy league this year. And it's going to be single-handedly because of Rene Paredes. I'm going to smash you. <laughs> Can't argue That's against that. That's what they all that. say, Trey. That's what they all say. All right. Final category, most outstanding player. This is the big one for the Lions. It's Vernon Adams Jr. For the Elks, it's Trey Ford gets the nominee here again. Uh, Reggie Bagleton for the Stampeders. Larry Dean for the Riders. Brady Oliveira gets the nominee for Winnipeg. Tim White for the Ticats. Chad Kelly for the Argos. Devontae Williams for Ottawa and Austin Mack for Montreal, all very deserving of the nominations. Trey, let's go to you here first. Uh, talk up your boy. Well, we'll start with the West first. You know, we'll go with this. I guess you got to give it to Brady Oliveira. He did pretty, you know, I, you know, he, he, he chewed up a lot of yards. And it was, like, it was that sneaky yards again where he gets them late in the game when you might not necessarily fully expect it. But, yeah, for... Uh, the most outstanding player and my number one quarterback in the league, the guy who got me this baby. We're gonna go with Chad Kelly. I think it's it's all it's all said and done. Just give him the cup now, and then we can just call this season a wrap. Get to the offseason Madden content. Oh right? man, you got me so hyped for that. Don't even like. <laughs> Stay tuned for more info on that as we get closer to the offseason. It should be some fun there. Uh, Rick, what about you for most outstanding player? So are we going one east, one west still? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I was originally going to go... Because, um, I mean... I don't want to ch- choose Chad Kelly because, I mean, he's only... Th- like, to me, it, Chad, it's Chad Kelly's first real season. Like, he, he hasn't been that dominant player. To me, anyways, because I mean, anyone can have one good season and and then come sophomore season, he just flatlines. But, but this so, is this year's award. Hold on, I'm getting it. <laughs> is so not the same my, with Rourke? No, so my hometown award is going to go to Tim White because now this is his second 1,200 yard season in two years. He is going to finish first in receiving yards in the CFL. No, I get that. I just it, it's the 2023 award, <laughs> you know. So we can't do that. But yeah, that's fine. You're the guest. Um, we'll, let you, we'll let you get away with it. And then, as much as I hate to say this, Trey, I'm gonna go with Vernon Adams, oh. only because only because he almost has 500. Do the do the BC even play this week or no? No, they're done. Oh. I was going to say, because he could have had the chance of getting 5,000 passing yards this season. I mean, yeah. besides besides those two, last week's horrible game and then his six-interception game in Toronto that I was at, I mean, if I don't know. I just, quarterback-wise, I can just see it's probably him or Kelly that will end up winning it. I don't think it will be Oliveira. Adam, what do you think? I really, 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 really don't like picking this West nominee because it's Brady Oliveira I got to pick. I mean, most outstanding guy on his team for sure. Uh, I'm so glad that they didn't bring in Zach Caleros and put him in here for the third year I in a row. I celebrated so much when I saw oh. Oliveira get that nominee. 
Exactly. And not only that, Colorado didn't even get nominated for one award. That that just that just filled my heart with a with a special sort of sort of pride. Anyways, uh no, Brady Oliver has done all that uh, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers have asked of him and then some. He's been pretty much single handedly running that team in not just in the fourth quarter anymore, in the first, the second, the third, and the fourth quarter, Oliver can light it up. Uh, he's proven to himself that he's a elite uh, running back in this league. So, yeah, it's got to be Brady Oliver on this one here. Uh, I am looking at uh, – Chad Kelly's numbers aren't as impressive as they should be. Uh, he had a great team around him. He's got all-star receivers. He's got an all-star running back in uh, A.J. Olette. And, oh, if he doesn't work out, oh, I've got a guy named Andrew Harris. I mean, the team around Toronto is so stacked that it makes Chad Kelly look very, very good. Uh, we've seen this in those last few weeks. Cameron Dukes has been pretty good as well. Uh, but that being said, he's on the best team with the best record, with the best uh, stats right now. So I'm going to probably have to go with uh, Chad Kelly as much as it pains me to. Uh, but also, again, another hat tip probably to Tim White. Uh, 1,200 yards is a pretty good season. Before I get my pick here, we got to address this. We had a wardrobe change mid podcast here for Yo, Rick. What's listen, going on here? Forge, the forge. Because we go for our fourth and five years of the league in CPL championships this weekend against Calvary. Ooh. Against who? Sorry? Calgary. Uh, Calgary. Oh, Calgary. Okay. Well, they call it Calvary. Yeah. But they're out of Calgary, so we go. The league's only been open since seventeen eighteen, and we go for our fourth championship this weekend in Hamilton. Hey, you've only won that many in how long of the CFL history, Adam? How big is uh, uh, Forge FC out in Hamilton? Like, is it really like? Do they pack the crowds in pretty good? Or um, so it's. We get probably about uh, what nine, ten thousand, between seven and ten thousand fans. Okay. So nice. player, so player side, they don't put play, they don't have fans sitting on the player side when you're at Tim Hortons Field. They're all on the other side. Oh, it, it is a vibe at Valor FC. Like it's a good vibe. They weren't that good this year, but it's a very good vibe. Don't worry, Saskatchewan will get a team one day. Well, actually, that's funny because you were supposed to because it shut down my racetrack there, and then they said they're not coming anymore. So guess what? Right, but the racetrack is still not Adam. opening. So it's Start like, oh. get the field ready, Adam. You can host them on the farm. Uh, <laughs> I'll go get the Kentucky they bluegrass. Will come. Huh? Yeah, I'll go get the Kentucky bluegrass. Perfect. Uh, just to round out the MOP debate here, uh, I'm going with Brady Oliveira out west. Like I said, I'm so happy he got the nomination there, and I think. I think he is the MOP. Like, again, we had, uh, you know, Vernon Adams Jr. has had some up and down games. He has thrown some picks. He has, you know, gotten sacked a number of times. He's looked real good. But to me, a 5,000-yard passing season isn't as historic as what Oliveira has done uh, as a running back this season. So I got to give him the nod out east. All right, west, sorry. And out east, I, I'm going with Chad Kelly, and I'm actually surprised to hear it's not consensus across the board on that. Like, you talk about his underwhelming numbers. He's finished third in passing yards. He's 100 yards behind Caleros, and he hasn't had to play a meaningful football game or played a fo full football game in the last five, six weeks. Like, the only reason we're not talking about him 
hitting 5,000 yards on the season and being the top quarterback in the CFL stats wise is because he played so good early in the season that he did not need to play for the entire last third of the season. So I, I, I would love to see Olivera win the award, but I think it's Chad Kelly's award to lose this season and uh, incredible performance and it being his first year as starter. I think that makes it even more impressive uh, that he basically walked in and was able to do that. So those are our award nominees. We'll see when they announce it uh, in the coming weeks what the uh, the official East and West nominees are. And then we can make our uh, picks on those at that point as well. Uh, next topic here. Let's skip over. So the Grey Cup simulation odds did come out this week. I think we'll talk about them maybe next week once we get into the playoffs because I don't imagine they're going to change too much from today to, to next week there just for just for the sake of time at this point. Quick topic before we get to fantasy and such here yet as well. If we're previewing week 21 in the CFL, which is what it is here today, this week, how do you approach the final game for each of these, each of the teams? Because the playoff scenarios this week is everything is meaningless. Like nothing matters. Everything's locked in as it is. You've got Winnipeg and Toronto. I guess I'll run through the three games this week. It's Winnipeg at Calgary, Hamilton at Montreal, and Toronto at Ottawa. So Winnipeg and Toronto both have first-round buys. Hamilton and Montreal play each other this week, and then again in round one of the playoffs next week. Calgary barely made the playoffs, so it's a question of rest versus do you start your guys to get momentum there. And then Ottawa's playing for next year, so... Uh, maybe we can go around the the table here, and everyone can pick kind of one of these categories and say uh, how you're gonna how you're gonna uh, focus the game here. Uh, Adam, what are you thinking? Which one do you want to cover? Well, I'm going to cover the Hamilton and Montreal one just so I can be mean to Rick and let him not cover his own team. Uh, nevertheless, if I was those teams, I would probably play your starters for a half, but play very conservative. I mean, you're just doing basic runs, basic passes. Nothing too spectacular, nothing fancy, because you know you're playing the next uh, next week against those guys, and then it's for all the marbles. That being said, though, what makes this game actually a little bit interesting is it's going to be the gamesmanship. Somebody's going to want to win this game. Both teams are going to want to win this game. They have the momentum going into that next week game in the semifinal, but they don't want to show their hand, I don't think. So it's going to be very interesting to see the strategy in this one here. How long does Fajardo play for? how long or who even plays for the Hamilton Tiger Cats, whether it be Powell or Loxley or Schultz or, Buck or uh, Bo Levi. And how much do you use your starters? I don't think you use them much if I was uh, doing this, but you use them enough to try to win the game, essentially. Uh, yeah. Trey, which game do you want to try out? Oh, gosh. Um, fine, I'll take Winnipeg-Calgary on the Friday night. If I'm Winnipeg... It better be three straight hours of Drew Brown. That's all. But you know what I mean? It better be him and Augustine and whoever else backups they want to do. And you know what? I would be such a mastermind. I'd almost want Calgary to just beat the living piss out of me. So then maybe they put up a little fight against BC and, you know, tucker them out a little bit before they have to come back here. But other than that, I, I think that that game is... I, I could see it being three nothing or I could see it being fifty nothing. Like I, I have no idea. But I think it's more Calgary needs to like kinda do what Hamilton Montreal is doing, figure out something for next week. Um and I mean 
if you have to try it out against a team that isn't the one you're playing, Winnipeg would be the closest team you could try to practice on compared to BC, right? If you can do some damage to Winnipeg's defense and offense, even if it is maybe split time, that should give you some confidence, right? And Winnipeg, don't show any film and don't risk. If like, I swear to God, if Kolaris is out there, man, like I, I don't understand why he even played as late as he did last week, right? So... But oh, she'll probably play him. He hasn't practiced this week due to non-football related, so or non-injury related. So I'm going to assume probably not going to play much, if anything, there for Winnipeg. Uh, what about the other game this week? Toronto and Ottawa play each other. What do you think for those two teams? How do you manage that for, uh, if you're the them, Rick? So um, AJ Olet, from with what I can see so far, is not playing this week. Um, so it's going to be down to Andrew Harris, and I'm probably I'm going to try to get this name correct because I got it last night. Daniel Adenaboye. Pretty he's good. Going to be, he's going to be the, I want to say, the leading rusher this week. So the interesting thing between this, as I was just looking on CFL.ca, so Dustin Crum has 56 sacks against. Cody Fajardo has 51. So who's going to finish the league with the most sacks? And is Cody Fajardo going to be like able to play next week? And Dustin Crumb, you know, Dustin Crumb, the, the cookie crumb is in the past. I Ever since he had his little two, three week of hype, he hasn't been nothing since. And I don't see this game even being nearly close. As Trey, if you remember, I can't remember which game it was. You guys, was it was it BC that you guys put the fifty banger on? I don't know. Probably it was Saskatchewan and BC. Oh, it was Saskatchewan. And it was so, like almost any team during a home game. So okay, so this will be Toronto's fifty banger this this week, I presume. You think Toronto maybe predominantly playing backups is going to put fifty up on Ottawa, who is playing for next year? I mean, do you really think Crumb's going to do much at all? Yeah, against the backup defense that doesn't try. Honestly, I could see Crumb being pulled and uh, almost putting in. Uh, maybe he gets his swan song this week. I think this would be one of those ones. I think it's going to be one of those ones where Ottawa. I don't know if they'll win, but it'll be close enough, and then people will have their doubts about Toronto, and then Toronto will come and spank Hamilton or Montreal fifty points in the East Finals. That's the what other I thing to keep in mind in that game too is. Toronto is not playing Chad Kelly at all. Chad Kelly uh, had a little bit of a stinger, I think, in Saskatchewan there last week. And there is reports out there now saying that, yeah, I've read where it says that Chad Kelly won't take a snap this week. Good stuff. Oh, yeah, we can do the talk. We'll talk about the... Great Cup simulations uh, right now. Let me just pull those up if we have them handy. You have them handy, Adam? Uh, I don't because my phone. I, I'm just running off my phone today. Do you got them? Right? I do. I do. I do. I do. I never actually. I never look at these because I think it's the biggest BS ever. Yep. And whatever mathematician makes two hundred thousand a year sending these in, you know, congratulations for you for the scam of the year. Um, but hey, Rick, you you said you got them up front there. You want to read through them? Okay, so odds of making the playoffs, we don't need to really go through that. Odds of hosting the playoffs, we don't need to do that. So they have Toronto Argonauts winning the East, 
Winnipeg winning the West. So Winnipeg has an 85.39% projection to appear in the Grey Cup. Toronto has 71.96, which is odd because you have to have an East and a West. And then Montreal is 24.51. Calgary, how does Calgary have a bigger percentage than BC? I have no idea. They have Calgary listed as 10.52% and BC lines 4.09%. And then they have Hamilton dead last at 3.53%. Well, I mean, the BC one I can get in a way, like the Calgary BC one, because Vernon Adams Jr. is hurt. Uh, he His knee is not right. And he, if he's got to play next week, he's got to buy. So he's going to be resting and icing that knee as best he can. But I can see Calgary, honestly, winning that game next week. And we'll get into that probably a little bit more for the playoff review next week. Uh, I like the Montreal odds, honestly. That's a pretty cool dark horse odd for 25 or 24, you said, percent, Rick? Um, 24.51 to be exact. 24.51. Uh, just to get the Riders' uh, complete domination of uh, feeling terrible complete, boy, it wouldn't be funny to watch Montreal make the uh, Grey Cup. You know, Jason Moss, Cody Fajardo. <laughs> Sorry, I, I mean... The Ryder fans would probably pretty much collectively lose their mind at that point. Trey, what are you thinking of those uh, odds? You know, that's funny you talk about Montreal because I actually am sitting on a Montreal to win the Grey Cup bet on my uh, betting app. So it's not, you know, so I, I did think that they were the dark horse and I don't, not that surprised that they're, you know, up there. I'm a little shocked about BC. I mean, I get what you're saying with the injury. I just have no faith in Jake Mayer, right? You know what I mean? Like I, I it's it, but if it's Dane Evans versus <laughs> versus Jake Mayer in the West Semi, that that oh god, that's Saturday night now too. That's prime time. That's going to be an awful game, right? But um, yeah, but I, I'm I'm a little surprised too. I guess maybe again, maybe it's the injury. Maybe it's they have no faith in Calgary. I thought Toronto would have a higher chance than Winnipeg, but. You know the West. Maybe maybe these numbers have some past season biases in them too, right? With uh, how things have went. So yeah. interesting. Rick, give us why uh, why Hamilton's going to win on a three percent chance with uh, Bo Levi. With I Bo mean, Levi. actually, to, to be to be honest with you, I think they're going to do the same thing that they've been doing the last two weeks and splitting the quarterback duties half and half because then it's like, okay, well. Are they going to play the full game? Are they going to only play half game? You prep for a full game of Mitchell, but then they throw Schultz in there, and then it's like they throw them off guard. So, you know, like I always tell people, it's the hottest team in the playoffs that make it the farthest. I mean, besides Toronto beating Montreal last year, Hamilton was there 21. Hamilton was there 19. So, you know, we got to make it. 23 when we host it just hopefully this time we don't throw an interception in in overtime to, to freaking cost us the game <laughs> well, either that or you guys get a holding call when you're running one back for a touchdown that doesn't help oh yeah that too time. uh or you know you get henry burris as in your backfield and then go play in saskatchewan that also never helps really much either anyways okay. so uh, here's the question to- to win, to win the Grey Cup, who do you think's the top team with fifty five point zero eight percent? 
It's either going to be Winnipeg or it's going to be Toronto. I have it pulled up, Adam, so you you answer it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never looked at it. So eh, give me the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Why not? I think they probably have the better odds right at the moment. Uh, because you know what? If they, they manage to battle their way out of the West, probably they got the better shot. Am I right? You are correct, Adam. They have Toronto at 27.94%. Montreal, 9.51%. Calgary at 5.44%. BC Lions at 1.14%. And Hamilton at 0.89%. And Montreal? Uh, Montreal was the 9.51%. Oh, okay. Sorry. That would be some if Fajardo could hoist it there, huh, Adam? (laughs) No comment. Anyways, uh, we'll answer Rick's. We'll answer Richard's question in the chat real quick. No betting lines this week, man. Uh, they don't have them up anywhere uh, because who knows who's playing and what. So I can see a betting book not wanting to take the hit on that. Well, but my, here's my thing, Trey. In week twenty of the NFL, and there's games. There's a lot of games that mean nothing. Do they give betting lines? Yeah. Oh yeah. So then, why can't we do this in the CFL? I, I think it's just the unpredictability of the league, right? Like, or, I mean, the NFL, you can at least have hours of tape on the third string quarterback where maybe up in the CFL, they're like, they have no idea what's going to happen with the third string quarterback playing the second line. You know what I mean? I, I, I see what you're saying, but it's, I think it's just the vast um, discrepancy and, you know, and, 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 and having a fair product, right? Okay. I don't know. And, and you, it's a legitimacy too, right? I'm like, just be, you know, sometimes when we were looking at the XFL lines for fun, you know what I mean? Some of those games were minus 20 and, you know, and it's like, cause they know nothing about the players. Right. And it's just, I think to avoid that, it's better to just kind of, and I'm sure they'll be up cause the first game's not till Friday. Right. They'll probably be up tomorrow or when death charts come out. Right. Like I think the lines will be there, but okay. Well, why don't we run through our pickums then, I guess, really yeah. quick here. And uh, for the games this week, and just see what we got, at least uh, who's going to win what. Why not? Uh, I guess we'll start with you, Rick. Uh, uh, we'll start with what's the first game of the week here? Beast, uh, Winnipeg and Calgary, I believe. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so let's uh, go with you, Rick. Who you got, Winnipeg or Calgary, straight up? Winnipeg. Okay. Game two. Oh, Oh, yeah, no. Oh, I was going to say game two. I got to go with my hometown, Thai Cats. And then game three, I'm going with Toronto. Trey, what do you got? Yeah, you know, I'll go with with Calgary because I feel like over the last few seasons, we've actually had a couple late games with them that haven't mattered much and they seem to take away with it. Um,. Hamilton, Montreal. I'll go with Hamilton. I think that they'll get a crazy win here and like kind of do some craziness. Uh, make make Montreal sweat a little bit going into the playoffs. Um, and then the last one, I'm going to go with Ottawa. Screw it, I'll go with Ottawa because <laughs> it doesn't matter. My can't my boy Chad Kelly's not going to get the L on his record, right? So it's all good. Ryan. Yeah, sorry, I had to step out for a bit. My house alarm was randomly going off. Oh, uh, I apologize about that. I, I I won't do it next plan, man. <laughs> I don't know what was going on with that. I think it's fine. Hopefully it's fine. 
really hope it's fine. Um, yeah, we don't hear Ryan tomorrow, man. He just teased. <laughs> well, we had a good run. Uh, Winnipeg at Calgary. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bombers. I think. Uh, uh, am I? No, I'm gonna give it to Calgary. I feel like Calgary's got a little bit more motivation there late in the season, just to, to get on a roll to go to BC for next week. Uh, I think Hamilton at Montreal is gonna be the most vanilla football game we've seen this year. Uh, where neither team is going to try too hard. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg game is also in Calgary, and the Bombers suck on the road, which is why it's good they locked up first. Hamilton at Montreal, give it to the home team there for the Alouettes as well. The horns are going to be annoying, uh, and <laughs> that's my leading factor. I also think Montreal's got some pretty good depth. They might even get Craig Ellingson and Reggie White back in the lineup for the first time this season, first or second time this season, even if their usual guys sit. And uh, Toronto and Ottawa, I'm going to go with the Argos. It doesn't matter who they're playing. They beat. They put 30-plus points on the board, regardless of how, which guys are on the field. Well, Richard in the chat there, Ryan says that it's probably your cat, but I'll disagree with him. I think it's Willie Jefferson waiting outside your house to ask why he didn't pick him as the defensive nominee for the last. That might be more terrifying than a burglar. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I'll go with the uh, – I'm going to go with the Calgary Stampeders again. Like you said, they get, they're just playing harder, it seems like. What a big really – again, I know they're playing for the fans, but that's for it. Um, and then, uh, I don't know, this game here against Montreal and Hamilton, I think whoever doesn't have quite the more boring offense will win. Uh, it's because both teams are going to pretty much play absolutely nothing but vanilla as Trey likes to see it. Uh, I think probably it's going to be Hamilton. Let's go with them. Why not? Uh, because I think Montreal is going to win the week after, unfortunately. Um, and then I'm going to go with the Toronto Argonauts. I think they're still deeper, even as a second string team versus the Ottawa Red Blacks. It'll be close, but it's going to be the Argos. Go with that. I don't know. All right, let's get into fantasy players to watch around at the show. The hardest week of CFL fantasy, and we're doing this on Wednesday when there are no depth charts available. So, And even then, I don't know how reliable depth charts are going to be this week. So it's only fitting we bring in a fantasy champion in Rick to help us try <laughs> to sort through what is going to be this week in fantasy. Let's start with the quarterbacks here. When you look at the landscape of the quarterbacks, like of the typical starters for the teams, I feel like Dustin Crum's really the only one that's probably going to play the full game out of them all. Um, but the problem is he hasn't been playing that great lately. I think he's only got one touchdown in his last three games or something like that, and just 16 rushing yards a game's not too high on that. Uh, of the backups that might play most of the game, if not all the game, you got the guys like Drew Brown, Matt Schiltz, Caleb Evans, Cameron Dukes. Those are all intriguing. Don't really know what Calgary's going to do with Jake Mayer and Tommy Stevens. Uh, Rick, what are you looking at for quarterbacks this week? Um, so I'm actually on my uh, roster that means nothing since I've already won the league. Um, I am going with Drew Brown from Winnipeg. I just think, like, if anyone's going to get points, I mean, our game against Montreal, I mean, Schiltz could get you points. Mitchell could get you points. That's a toss-up. But, I mean, with Claris not playing, Drew Brown just seems like the safer. 
the safer pick. Yeah, when compare, I, I compare Drew Brown and Cameron Dukes very similarly, right? These top-tier teams that are going to be starting their backups most likely. And I, I could go either way on both of them. I think Brown's the better passer, but Dukes runs the ball when Brown doesn't really. I don't think Brown has any rushing yards uh, in the games he's played this year uh, outside of maybe a couple one-yard plunges. So that reason I might lead Duke to lean Dukes playing against the, the Red Blacks myself uh, over them, uh, out of those two. But uh, the only other ones I'd consider, yeah, Matt Schiltz, if he plays the full game. Like, I don't think you should play Bo in the final game of the season if you're planning on playing him in the playoffs. Like, he's going to get injured. I guarantee it. If Bo plays in this game, <laughs> Bo is getting injured before the playoffs. And then they might win the first round of the playoffs if that happens. So, uh, I think if Schultz plays a full game, yeah, he's looked good. He's averaged 17.5 points in his last three games despite splitting time with Bo. So even if he does, it could still be a worthwhile pick there. And Caleb Evans has that big rushing upside. He started two games this year and put up 115 yards rushing and three touchdowns in those games. So I'm personally undecided on my quarterback so far among all of these <laughs> options. I'll wait for the depth charts and stuff, but... I think those are your options to consider. Uh, Trey, what about you at quarterback? Oh, uh, good God. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. Uh, do I really have to pick up? I'll, I'll, I I was I like the Drew Brown pick that uh, that we had there earlier. Or or maybe Prukop. Watch him get a couple rushing ones and see some wild madness. I'll go Prukop. There you go. He's locked in. Captain. Adam, I'm not going to go that crazy, but uh, I was actually thinking about touchdown Tommy for a little while there, but I was like, I can't, I just can't. Uh, so I'm going to probably go with Caleb Evans because I don't think they're going to play for Jordan very much this week as well, uh, because he can sometimes get injured as well, uh, just like Bo Levi Mitchell. But so yeah, give me Caleb Evans or uh, as an alternate pick, probably Drew Brown, maybe. Just go all in on your guy, Jake Dolagala. You can technically pick him. He's not playing this week, but well, he might give me some points if he jumps on the field and starts streaking in Winnipeg. That would be weird for him to do that when the game is in Calgary. Uh, but well, you know, I mean, it would work, I guess. But yeah, your choices. I bet you can. I bet you can run into a touchdown in uh, Winnipeg. There's no defense. Worry about. Perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> All right. Let's talk running backs here. Uh, the biggest lock for me is Devonte Williams uh, for the Red Blacks because again, this is a team that's not that's playing for next year. They don't have incentive to rest guys. I think they 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 try to put the best momentum forward going into next year. And I think Williams. I mean, he was their MOP nominee, so he he is a huge part of that. One of the things you have to look at in this final week as well is who is close to hitting a milestone because I think those are the guys that are going to be favorited by their teams a little bit. He's 48 yards shy of 1,000 rushing yards on the season, so I think he at least gets that. Obviously, you want more points than that from him, uh, but he's been the running back three or higher in four of his last six games. Other than that, we're getting all, in probably, at least in my opinion, into the, the cheaper guys, the $2,500 players, the backups. You know, guys like, again, comparing Winnipeg and Toronto, do you go Johnny Augustine? Do you go Daniel Adamaboye? I think either of them are getting a fair deal here. Both of them look good. 
Uh, you know, Augustine has averaged six yards per carry this season and 5.8 over the course of his career. Adam Aboye is averaging 8.5 yards per carry this season, including a 59-yarder last week. So both of these guys are guys like Oliveira needs two yards to hit 1,500 rushing on the season and 18 yards to hit 500 receiving. They're getting him that on the first two drives and sitting him the rest of the night, and then Augustine's playing from there, in my opinion. Uh, Adam Aboye could split some time, maybe with McMahon, maybe if they want to get Andrew Harris a game in there, but I think he was drafted as the eventual replacement for Andrew Harris, and this is the opportunity to get him uh, as many reps as you can heading into being a backup for next year. So those are kind of the main guys I'm watching. i got a couple other names I'll throw out here if nobody else mentions them. Uh, but fantasy champ, Rick, let's go back to you next. Uh, what are you looking at at running back? Um, so I'm going to throw a name out there that is kind of a value pick. Um, depending on if James Butler does play the full game, um, Sean Thomas Ellington is injured this week. So I am going to throw out as soon as I pull up the correct pronunciation, Tyon Fleet Davis, he is just activated today. He is going to be probably the second running back at 5.4K. But then again, like Ryan says, who knows by the time depth charts come out if he actually does play or they're just using him for special teams. Yeah, that is always the mystery there for sure. Um, yeah, Sean Thomas Erlington, I was going to walk him in, and that's why he was on the injury report. So I was like, well, I don't know what's happening there. We'll wait and see that as well. Uh, Adam, what do you have at running back? Well, I've got uh, Deontay Williams without a question. I mean, that's that's pretty much a walk. Uh, the only other one that I was thinking of, though, was just Juan Antwi. I think he's going to get some big yards this week because you're not going to want to play Williams stand back in a game that – well, you don't want to show anything off, so give me Antwi as well. Trey? Everyone's been sad. I, I was thinking Antwi. I, I, I had that thought earlier today as well, and I like what you guys said. Or or I'm thinking about Augustine, too, If if uh, depending on the Oliveira playing time. Yeah, Antwi was one I had my eye on as well, or Walter Fletcher, either of them, whoever gets the start. Like Fletcher's hat, I don't think Stanback should play this week. I think you rest him, get him ready for the playoffs there. I think Fletcher, if he does play, 10-plus fantasy points in four of his last six. He's also got 20 catches on 20 targets in his last four games, so he's getting a lot of passing work there. Uh, but I think he's going to split some time with Antwi. The other name I'll throw out is, uh, I believe he's Adams, number two running back in the CFL heading into this season. The guy who's not even a running back at all. It's the great Greg McRae that's for some reason rested there in fantasy. Dalton Schoen's not playing. Nick Dembski's not playing. How much does Kenny Lawler play? Greg McRae is going to get a starting job at wide receiver, and he's probably going to rotate for some rushing plays in this week as well. And he's 3,700 and listed as a running back, so that's pretty I feel like it's a bit of a potential fantasy cheat code for this week at the running back position. Right. Ryan, just before we go to running back, Rich did mention in the chat, what about Logan for Calgary? Yeah. Calgary. I want to see that depth chart as well. Like I'm thinking prep for the playoffs there also like is Kadeem carry. He hasn't had great games so far. So then, you know, is he going to, 
Uh, are they going to want to get him going before the playoffs? Logan, you could put in there, but do you want to save him for returns and rest him up? Because he missed a lot of time due to injury. You got Diedrich Mills, who's been a healthy scratch the last couple of weeks. He could play also. So I think it's just going to depend who, what that depth chart looks like. And I think it's probably still going to be an even split for a team that doesn't run the ball a whole ton. I'm just thinking, Logan, though, I mean, you've got probably uh, Tommy Lee Lewis as well for a returner. So True. Yeah. you might want to put Logan in there and see if he can return again. Definitely got some options. Oh, and he can return pretty well. He has been doing that. Uh, all right, wide receivers. Here's the toughest bunch to go through for this week. Uh, again, I look at guys uh, who have big milestones they're searching for, and this is a lofty one, but Justin Hardy at $8,000 is 110 yards shy of 1,000 on the season. He's the left slot back against the Argos. It's my favorite position to pick because they give up 14.9 points per game. And in his last two games against Toronto, he's put up 14.8 and 19.2. So I'm banking on Ottawa's playing for next year. They're going to start their starters. They're going to throw the ball to Justin Hardy a lot and try to get him that 110 yards is my top pick at wide receiver. Uh, let's, you know what, let's just go around the circle until, uh, and everybody can throw a name out until we've got uh, a, a fair group of names here. So Rick, what's your top wide receiver? So one of your I, wide receivers. So I have two. I have one, my top receiver, and I have a value pick. So my top receiver is going to be Tim White, even though you're paying 13K. Um, for now eight weeks straight, he's had 15-plus fantasy points with one week in between that period with less than 15 points. My value pick, I'm going to say Keandre Smith for 6.5 points. Between weeks uh, 12 to 19, at least seven-point average. Except for when we played Winnipeg, he had 2.4. Yeah, good couple of Thai Cats names there. I don't know how much Tim White's going to play. I, I'm interested to see that. I'm scared to pick any of the like, top names on the teams. I mean, spoiler alert for some of the other names on my list, because I just don't know how much they're going to play, right? Like, so... This is a week where I'm personally looking at some of those like number three guys because I could see the top two playing half a game, sitting part of the game. But we got to wait for the depth charts there. Trey, what do you have as a, as a wide receiver option? Um, I think this is the worst one. I, it's all time play. I, I like your thoughts on Hardy. I was also think I have Phil Pot. He's been good lately, but again, he's probably been one of their better receivers. So do you play him too much on Saturday? So we'll see. Yeah, that's the thing with my. I, I was leaning Phil Pot also. The the thing with Montreal, I feel like they dress a lot of receivers per game normally, which means they probably have a lot more backups that can rotate in. Versus you go to a team like Toronto, they've got one backup receiver dressed per game normally because they dress four running backs. So. Kind of know the guys who start are going to play most of the game. There is my only concern in that category. Adam, what's the name you've got? Uh, I've got Omar Bayless right now for the Hamilton Tiger Cats. I think that he's going to be out there no matter what. Uh, it's just because I think that they don't have as much depth over in uh, in Hamilton. The other name that I could think of also uh, that I would like is David Unger, the third right now. Uh, you got to keep the Canadian out there sometime and. Uh, yeah, it seems like Toronto seems to be playing them a little bit more lately. Uh, and especially if they're going on uh, light uh, for a roster this week, 
David Unger might get some uh, time this week. It's almost like you looked at my notes sheet that I share with you guys because those were two of the other names on my list. Uh, Omar Bayless, yeah, I think he if if White doesn't play a ton, if Godwin doesn't play a ton, I think he could be he could have the week. He could be this year's Terry Godwin, who broke out down the stretch in meaningless football games last season for Hamilton. Uh, he's looked good when given the ball. Uh, also, David Unger, fresh off a nice new two-year contract extension perhaps maybe a little extra motivation there to prove they made the right choice uh he's averaged six targets and 10 fantasy points i think in his last two games uh unless my stats have been updated there uh that might have been before i did update them but still pretty solid the other name i'll throw out here is rasheed bailey of the winnipeg blue bombers he's had two or three targets only in most of his games this year and has been a disappointment especially if he spent twelve thousand on him when he was that price but if the starters are resting and we know shown and we know dembski both are i expect him to play the full game and probably have a pretty prominent role in that offense uh and he needs 73 yards to hit 500 on the season it's not quite the thousand yard milestone but it is still a milestone so I think Rashid Bailey is an interesting choice there. Uh, I, I got one more name as well that I was thinking of. Uh, would be Richardson Danny of the uh, Toronto Argonauts. I had to say that, hmm. right? Because he was released by the Ticats. Argos picked him up. Seemed, I think I think they want to evaluate him more than anything. And uh, what better time than in garbage time? So it could be maybe a bigger pick. <clears throat> Hard to say. Uh, and then the other one was from Winnipeg, uh, Brendan O'Leary-Orange. Uh, usually he comes in when there's really nothing else to do. Uh, so he's going to be in there full time this week. I'm sure, uh, might not be a bad pickup for your, uh, chart as well. The, the other two, I was going to say, go off you, Adam, the other two Argos that you could possibly look at is Devarius Daniels, even though he's up there in 11.5. Um, the other one who's kind of been like a ghost the last couple of weeks that, He's either leading or he's second is Coxie for Toronto at 9.0. You know, it's going to be one of those two that's going to be receiving unless you have some third, fourth stringer out of nowhere leading and receiving yards this week. Yeah. yeah for the Ar- or sorry, I think we're going to the same thing here, Adam, yeah. so you go for it. Yeah, uh, Richard over in the chat uh, goes and says maybe Carlton Agadelsi, but uh, – I believe he's injured for the season. I think that was more of a signing for the future for the Argonauts. I don't think he's injured anymore, actually. He was just on the practice roster and claimed off of there. So he he could get in for the game this week for Toronto uh, there. And I think Cam Phillips is also back practicing. So their depth chart could be a little more interesting at receiver this week. But I like the way you're leaning. If you're going to pick a top player, pick a top player on a team that doesn't dress a bunch of backups because they're probably going to play the most of the game there. Um, yeah, that was a name I was looking at. Also, in Montreal, again, I don't love just how many receivers they dress. So they, and especially if they've got guys maybe coming back from injury, they want to get a rep in before the playoffs. But you'd have to think guys maybe like Tyler Sneed or Cole Speaker, two of the more depth receivers that have been very good this year for Montreal at times. Those could be names to, to watch for this week as well. Once that depth chart comes out, I may try to put one of those guys in there uh, at receiver. So it's a whole lot of guessing for week 21. It's really what this is. I mean, really, it's what we're doing all season long also uh, when we talk about wide receivers and fantasy in general. So let's round it out with defenses. 
Uh, Rick, what's your top defense of the week? Um, I'm going to take a, a stab at this, and I took Ryan's philosophy, and I went with the cheapest defense of the week so that I could pay upwards. So I went with Calgary at 6.0. <laughs> it's, it's a valid philosophy. Defenses normally don't deliver their value a whole ton. Uh, Adam, what about you? I think that was my theory at one time as well, was cheapest defense available. Uh, if it's Calgary this week, I'll take Calgary. If it's Saskatchewan this week, I'll take Saskatchewan. Honestly, the defense don't matter. Uh, just don't want to say that really, but you know what? It doesn't. Usually you get burned on it. Maybe, who knows? You pick the cheapest defense and they get a negative point. It might have been better to pick a defense that doesn't even play this week. So, you know what? I'm going to take Saskatchewan's defense. <laughs> that is next-level strategy I have not thought about. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing 3D checkers here while everybody else is playing check. Um, sorry, I'm playing 3D chess while everybody else is playing checkers. Yeah. That statement is not valid after you fumbled it like that. <laughs> hey, I'm just like the Riders' defense. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Trey, what about you? Who's your defense this week? Oh, boy. I went I went with the Ottawa Red Blacks just because, again, I think they're going to be playing a bunch of scrubs and, you know, something will happen. I'm taking the Argos defense. This is a week where it, the, you have so much money. You should probably have so much money left over because <laughs> it's do. so many backups. Like, when we're talking about pick the cheapest defense. You, if you're like me, I had like $30,000 left to pick a defense when I did my first run of the lineup. So I'm going to take the one that's finished as a top three or four defense in, in most weeks recently, which is the Argos. And uh, again, Ottawa doesn't put touchdowns on the board, and Dustin Crumb gets sacked an awful lot for a guy who can run pretty quick. So that is the defense I will probably be rolling with if it works out with my lineup, which currently it does because I have $50,000 left over there. Uh, well, that's it for our fantasy picks here uh, this week. Good luck in the final week of fantasy, everybody. Hopefully it puts you a strong finish to the year. Of course, we're going to do our fantasy picks going to the playoffs as well. It's also the final week of the CFC Draft League for fantasy and uh, some big stakes uh, for the final week of the season here uh, because Mike and I, after both putting up awful weeks where I had 36 points and he had 51, are separated by 0.3 points going to the final week here. Uh, and I made seven roster moves off the waiver wire and dumped half my roster because they're on a buy. So we'll see if that works out. I know Mike made some moves there as well. Adam, you made some moves because you're trying to catch Trey. You're about 70 points behind him after the massive, after uh, catching up big time last week. Do you, th- you think you're going to be able to catch him? I'm just not sure. I'm just trying to figure out how much I'm going to beat him by already. I'm oh. not worried about catching him. Uh, yeah yeah exactly i'm gonna lose out so bad it's not even gonna be funny but you know what at least i can have fun while saying it but uh yeah there's no way i'm gonna catch trey unless i have like 140 point week and uh that ain't happening because i don't have to take all the gallons so I, I Mike beat me by 15 points last week despite two of his wide receivers not playing and getting zeros uh, that's how bad my week was. My top player was the Argos defense with eight points. Uh, does, does that mean you have to redraft? <laughs> I basically did this week. I basically <laughs> did. Uh, Trey, what do you think? You, you think you're going to hold on to third place here? Or you think Adam's going to catch you? I mean, 
you got better at them, but then you're continuing this poor effort in NFL fantasy, man. We got to have some fantasy classes for you or something, man. Poor effort. Poor effort. Top, top score, but you're what, two and five? So, yeah, you got to you gotta do something, man. Well, when I got guys like Rick beating me all the time, I just can't help it. <laughs> hey, all I have to do is pass Mike, and then I could win another one. All you needed to do was keep Christian McCaffrey off the field. You couldn't do it, could you? Don't win another one. I'm still working on your prize for the first one. Hey, I mean, I got to find someone to replace Pitts because he doesn't get me anything. Yeah, that's fair. Hit the, wa- hit the waiver wire. Lots of names available out there on that. All right. I think we're about ready to get into wrapping things up here. Let me put the old slide up on the screen. I think I can do that here. There we go. That works. Uh, well, this has been a lot of fun tonight, uh, having Rick join us here. So first of all, thank you for joining us and making time for us. To, I know it's late for you. You're out in the, you're out in the Eastern time zone. So it's after midnight. It's basically the next morning. Uh, going to go make some breakfast and head off to work after this or. I actually, I got to go get some sleep because I got to go meet a tie cat to sign a Jersey in the morning. Um, Ooh. one thing, one thing that I will mention if it's okay with you, Ryan. Sure. If people want to go see some of our interviews with tie cat players we've had uh faithfield castillo um addison this year go over on youtube to cfl central me and carter have interviewed several players this year and we're looking to interview a few more right on yes uh, i was meaning to get to give you a chance to shout that out as well so uh make sure you check that out you know lots of great cfl content everywhere Including that, uh, Richard in chat's asking if this is your prize for winning the fantasy league. That's part of the prize, uh, <laughs> getting to be here, or maybe it's a punishment. I don't know. Uh, let us know in your post-show review feedback form if that doesn't exist. Um, but this would uh, be a punishment. He's got the Riders hat on now. There we that go. Would be Come a on, not another one. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta bring Bill back. This is ridiculous. <laughs> Or, or, I'll, or I'll jump on the Trey Ford bandwagon. There we go. It's just an endless cycle of hats. No, this isn't the uh, the full prize. I'm working. I'm working on something else. Uh, commemorative prize of some kind. Full hats. <laughs> Maybe it'll be another hat. Maybe I'll help you finish your hat collection. We'll see. Um, yeah. So thanks for joining us. Of course, make sure you check out his content as well. Uh, where can people find you on social media, Rick? If uh, they're um, to see more so- awesome. They will be able to, let me just pull it up here because I don't really have it opened at this very moment. So I am on um, Twitter. You can get me at FMFan9 or you can follow uh, CFL Central on um, Twitter and me and Carter will answer any questions that you anyone does have. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, As for the rest of us, we'll be back again next week. Same time, same place with our playoff preview show. We've made it through 21 weeks of the regular season. Next week's the fun, the start of the extra fun here with the playoffs. Uh, We're going to make our round. We'll go through the round one matchups, talk through those in depth a little bit. We'll make our full playoff predictions as well. uh, And we'll see how much they've changed from the preseason also. Uh, if you want to see more from us in between, follow us on social media at CF Countdown Pod. I'm at Cooper Trooper 42. Those are both on Twitter. Uh, give Mike a follow as well at Mike Garrell. I know he's hoping to be back come playoff time. Uh, get in on stuff a little more then. He's been very busy there also. 
Uh, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash cfcountdownpod. What about you two? Uh, let's start with you, Trey. What are you doing these days, and where can people find you? Man, I have just played a massive amount of the Spider-Man video games over the last week, and, <laughs> and I have had no life. I replayed the first one, and I'm halfway done Miles Morales, and I haven't even got the second one yet. So it's going to be – that's all I've done. I don't even know why my boss still hires me, man. Like, honestly, <laughs> I, don't, I don't – I just have played Spider-Man so much. Oh. And, uh, yeah, but you can find me on the X at Trey Harnessling. Sometimes I post some football, UFC, or horse racing stuff on there, and uh, – yeah, that's about it. Don't add me on Facebook. I don't go on Facebook. Trey, Trey I did have a quick question for you. Mm-hmm. If you get the job in Saskatchewan, who's all your staff that you're going to be hiring? Oh, oh yeah, Ryan's my uh, my my special teams coordinator. Um, fake punts every play. Fake punts or yeah, punter. We got to get out a punter that can throw. <laughs> and then maybe Caleros could be my punter. That's that's that'll be the good trade. Um, but then. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 I have an idea that Mike would be this super evil genius on offense a little bit, you know, little bit of Lapo, little bit of this, little bit of that. And he'll actually create something wild. Um, can you put and everyone then, in? Can you put everyone in motion? And then I'll take care of defense. And the one and only farmer in Saskatchewan. Well, he's going to be in charge of field maintenance. He's got to keep that <laughs> green, that, that turf rider green all year. I want you all to spray painting the, the logos, everything, man. Yep. Nope. Nope. I'll take that job with pride. I mean, I could probably find enough 3400 lying around. And exactly. if uh, I get angry, just get some diesel and light it up. I mean, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've gone full Unabomber, anyways, I'll uh, say, yeah, you can find me at Adam Stewart one. Uh, usually I'm not that crazy, but. Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, farm stuff. Uh, we've got our hockey season starting pretty soon. We're getting ice made right now. So if you want to watch me play with my hose, uh, you can probably go to Adam Stewart 1 and probably see that. So, uh, right? What about Stop you? with his OnlyFans content. You've done it a few times, man. You keep throwing that out there. We're not going to your OnlyFans account. <laughs> They're children watching, man. Children. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll just move on. Oh, that's it. We're we're done. We're kicked off now, man. Thanks, Adam. It was a good run, guys. <laughs> well, okay. I mean, a special teams coordinator. Here's the ultimate game plan, really, and it's gonna be a cost savings one, right? We fit. We Trey and I have talked this through. I made sure to talk it through with the the head coach. It, uh, nothing but flea flickers and wildcat formation. That's my. That's it. Oh no, Mike's in charge of that. So yeah. defense. I'm selling the farm every play. Just the safety stance back and everyone else. If you don't touch the court, if if you're there late, just hit him because he's gonna get yeah. it, whatever. Just hit him. Special teams wise, we're going never to sell the farm, man. Oh, that's true. Only the ant farm. Special teams wise, we're we're going for two point converts every time. We we can save money. We don't need a kicker. I used to play goalie in soccer, so I have experience almost punting. I'll step in if needed. Uh, just to give us some cap savings there. And you know what? I know I'm not the offensive coordinator, but I'm thinking it's kind of special teams. We go for the Jess Runant. We uh, onside punt every second and long, so we never need a punter even because we're not going to make it that far. Uh, it's either first down or fumble every second down, maybe. So you're, ta- so you're taking over for special teams, or is Derek Taylor taking over for special teams? I'm special teams. He can have another job. Wow. Trey, I... Yes, I will I will mention one more thing. Please allow your team to wear name tags because if you guys have Andre Pruitt refing your games, he never knows what team he's calling penalties oh. on. 
Honestly, make, I just got to wear name tags. I will make a special request of the CFL that Andre Pro, my favorite CFL ref and the best of all time, has all our games. All our <laughs> and games. also all of our players are number 33. Yeah, they're all 33. 33, boys. <laughs> He's a proud Frenchman. I love one Pro. I was so Andre excited Pro, on Saturday. I was so excited. He, he should be in the NFL, guys, and they would really not understand a word he says. <laughs> I got to get his autograph before he retires. That's oh, cool. yeah. Legitimately the best ref in the yeah, CFL. If we could have one down. ref to come on this show, it has to be him. Oh, yeah, so let's make it happen. Uh, all right, yeah, we'll be back again for a playoff preview next week. Uh, if you want more content in between, check out the Discord community as well. You can chat with us. You can chat with Rick in the Discord community also. Uh, maybe if you have any CFL fantasy questions, direct it to him this week because he's, he's the champ, as we talked about. Uh, kudos again on the championship run, by the way. Uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on, uh, yeah, there you go. Uh, we appreciate if you do all the fun things such as like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, share the show with your friends, help us grow the show. We appreciate that. Thanks, Rick, for joining us. On behalf of Rick, Trey, Adam, I'm Ryan saying thank you for listening. Take care. Have a good one. Bye.